All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is our start of the real life podcast. We're here. Our good friend Jay. Gonna slide this in on the fly. Brought to you by Rig Hand Distilleries. Bag milk's here as well. Cold open, they call it in the industry. Continue with your story about a guy who put a Viagra in his. How is it a cold opening when you're talking about Viagra? Well, hey, there you go. It's called Spicy. a hard opening. What did he do? He put it in a Slurpee bag milk? Uh, we were trying to. We wanted to put it Viagra in my buddy Slurpee at sure. school. Of course. We stole a pill. From where exactly? A girl I know, her grandpa took Viagra. She found out somehow. Right. And we took some. <laughs> I don't know if I could like perform with the performance dancing drug destined for an 85 year old man. I, I think. Haha, Gramps, it. just kidding. It's me. Shout out for Gramps for still wanting oh, to get it in. Darn right. Getting it in. That's right. Uh, GTL for Gramps. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Gross. Gross indeed. Gross, disgusting, gross. No. Oh. Michael Fenberg is suing the drugstore chain for unspecified damages, claiming he suffered genuine, severe mental injury and emotional harm after he took prescription Viagra to a Long Island CVS where his wife knew that he had a prescription there. Apparently, according to the wife, the pharmacist let her know of the husband's prescription, and it caused a massive fight in the home. 
What's the fight? Why are you on Viagra and still unable to handle your bourgeois you're gross. responsibilities? You used to be hot. Now you're gross. I don't know if any woman <laughs> of the Viagra husband-taking age will be rattled to know that her husband was trying to get some juice in the old pants. The only issue with it is, is if they're not practicing uh, home congress. Now hold your horses. And oh, now he's, he's on is. Viagra because he's, he's got a side only, piece. The Olympics only roll around every four years, you're saying. And yet he's refilled his prescription four times in the last 90 days. Exactly. And yet they've mm. held zero sexual congresses. Zero sexes. CVS claims that they are not going to comment on pending litigation. However, they hold privacy in the highest regard and feel as though they would not have told the wife. So he, uh, they're saying we didn't tell her. He's saying he did. We have a he said, they said lawsuit on our hands here do you remember when the i think it was in alberta the std clinic was sent or no was it the, st- the state somewhere there was an std clinic sending out false positives there was something wrong with like the machine they would send samples to for stds <laughs> like saying that you oh, were had, positive yeah, for something you oh. were positive when you weren't and there was like people getting divorced and all sorts of crazy shit happening oh. this is in the last five years and i did no research because i didn't know we we're going to talk about it nor <laughs> did i get such claims from this said clinic can you imagine that That'd be the worst. You've got 18th century syphilis. Huh? Why would that happen to me? I live a chaste life. Me and my sexual partner. Yeah, that's weird. Gross. Very gross. You know what isn't gross? These headphones on our heads. We're wearing headphones. So for long-time listeners, there's three of you. There's Phil and Tony. And Tony Phil, who's a brother of Phil and Tony. But anyways, we have horrible audio issues that we're trying to figure out because we don't know what we're doing. And Dan went to sound engineering school on the internet and he's working through module six. And then Yukon Jack was in here and he said, hey, you idiots, there's these things called headphones. You should buy some. And then we went, yeah, but how are we going to connect them to stuff? And won't that require some sort of deflangulator device that we all have to buy? And where do you even get one of those things? Eleven weeks later, we have one. Yeah, I like that the week after UConn was here, we were just like, yeah, we'll just fly solo without the uh, headphones that you talked about yeah, for an hour. exactly. No offense. Yeah, and he listens, and he's like, hey, boys, you don't have headphones, I can tell, because you're ploitatives, exploitatives, what's it called? Swear words? No, it's like the word that makes you spit into the mic when you're looking at a head-on, splogatives or something like that. Anyways, we do them, and we're not supposed to, and if we have headphones. So we were practicing before we started. I know it doesn't sound like we know what we're doing. And it was like the episode of Simpsons in like season one where they could all shock each other at the, at the therapist. Absolutely. <laughs> and we were laughing and yelling and recoiling in horror and stuff like that. I wonder what UConn's going to say. Like, I'm really curious when he listens to this episode, yeah. what his notes are. Or is UConn just lying? He doesn't really listen to it. I'm calling you out, UConn. Oh, interesting. Yeah. If you are listening to this, UConn, run to Little Brick and punch bag milk in the <laughs> face at your earliest convenience. Don't say why. <laughs> just show up and deliver the knockout blow. What a trip that would be if I'm just sitting there doing something. <laughs> Yukon Jack punch. comes and clocks me upside the head. I guess he really does listen. Yeah. I would love to know what his notes are, though, now that we can hear ourselves. And I just made our, my headphones go pop. Yeah, mine yeah, too. You, you popped off twice. Wow. That's what she said. Thank you. Because of the Viagra. Because of the Viagra. Tie back to an earlier joke, the essence of comedy. Exactly. I want to know what Yukon thinks. Also, I want to call him out on not inviting me to wrestling. Well, the last one we went to? I don't know. When was the last time you went? We went two Saturdays ago. Definitely did not get invited. There's a reason. Go ahead. <laughs> we were there to conduct business. Mm. And when you go and conduct business with the president of the wrestling thing, you have to come in looking funky fresh, as we always do. You cannot overwhelm him with numbers. An entourage. <laughs> and now what we want to do is bring everybody to wrestling so that after our proposition to him, not sexual, 
Viagra, earlier joke. Uh, <laughs> now when we're like, hey, we should maybe consider doing X and Y and Z and look at all these new people that showed up, he's going to be like, oh, shit. Yeah, I know every single one of my customers by name, and I don't know those 11 people. I like that. Yeah. What, was the, uh, what was the event? What were you at? We went to a Prairie Wrestling Alliance match at the Norwood Legion. Didn't you say that there's like those those crazy guys slam each other into uh, mouse traps or something like that? Yeah, man, it's crazy. So I don't know anything about anything. I don't watch WWE. I don't know anything about anything. I, I think I watched the rundown once with with the Rock Dwayne Johnson. That's my closest thing with wrestling. Rocky Maivia. Yeah. Ooh. Now that we're in the biz, though. So yeah, there's like these independent wrestling leagues. There's three of them, and they run these matches in the middle of nowhere, and people show up and they are into it like crazy, and it is a hilariously good time, and okay. they're all around. And it's like the anti, it's like the underground street leagues that don't exist in any other sport. Wrestling actually has them. And you can watch a guy get thrown through a door or body slammed onto a bunch of mouse traps and like rolling around in thumbtacks. Crazy shit. Wrestling. Is this kind of like, uh, like a fight club thing where like these dudes don't get paid or do they get some kind of stipend for No, it? I'm sure they've all been waxed and whatnot. They, <laughs> yeah. they get a wardrobe budget of $5 yeah, well, yeah. at the oh, Army and Navy. Rest, wrestling pants on. Some people, there's like pyrotechnics to some degree. Do we have a lot of hairless men in this league? Like I noticed when I watched WWE, I watched Raw last week for a yeah. couple of minutes. No hair there. They're clean shaven right down. Do Dude. the drapes match the carpet? Wink. Mm. Wow. Ew, mm. Yeah, that's a weird. Mm. That's a different <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> Remember, like I, I saw like a documentary on Hulk Hogan, and he, he was like terrible Terry or something at the time when he first broke in, and he like he had a full chest of hair and like shaved into a giant V. Yes, for victory. And, and now, like you've never seen a lick of hair on him since. Interesting. And he's still like 84 years old and just baby's ass chest. I wonder when Hulk Hogan decided that, you know what? I'm going to keep rocking the bandana and the bleach blonde hair regardless of having nothing up top. Yeah. Well, that's what the bandana was for. It uh, did a good cover job. It did. But I was just like, you know what? This is my look. I've got the skullet going. Sure. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to roll with it for the next five decades. Do you know what the aggregate sales of Hulkamaniac bandana sales would be in the last 20 years. Oh, good Lord. You'd have that glued to your head. It's like Nelly with the Band-Aid. Absolutely insane. I wonder who has spent more. Hulk Hogan. Now, this is Hulk Hogan on bandanas, which are relatively cheap, you would think, per unit, or Don Cherry on jackets. Oh, yeah. Don Cherry's wardrobe budget has to be insane. Doesn't he never? Never wears a suit twice. twice, Doesn't, right? I've heard that, but I, I swear I've seen, like, a similar suit or the same suit be worn, but, like, it's not like I'm keeping a journal of Don that Cherry. would actually be an interesting Instagram account to start. Don Cherry suit? The suits of Don Cherry. Yeah. You uh, have 30 years worth of content to find. Someone out there is keeping tabs on Don and his attire. Probably Ron. Sure. Yeah. Ron. Yeah. If I'm guessing, it's Ron. <laughs> do you think that Brian Burke is just sitting in the wings getting ready to do a 40-year run as the new Don Cherry? Yeah, he's going to have like the tie scarf. Yeah. And that's going to be his thing. His thing. I feel like it. That's Amazing head of hair. I think he's going to age really well. I think he looks the way he's going to look now. Brian Burks looked the same way for 20 years. Right? Yeah, he's like exactly. Steve Martin. Yeah, exactly. He looked like he was mm-hmm. seven, 40 when he was 70 or yeah. vice versa. Yeah. I think he'll do... Uh, you know what? I think it'll be a weird, different coach. Could you call it coach's corner? He wasn't really a coach. He was a manager. It would be like an angrier version, I think. But I think that he understands everything is wrestling. You've mm. got, if you're listening, I'm doing that thing you taught me. Mm. He knows he's the heel. He knows that like people hate Brian Burke... And he can enrage them as he sees fit. And if he's going over to the world of sports entertainment, which is the sports news, I think he's self-aware enough to not actually care and just say stuff to poke the bear. I don't he's, think I don't think people hate Brian Burke. They just know that they're going to get the real deal, like blunt answer. You don't think he's hated? 
online amongst the anger set? Yeah, I don't. I don't I'm I'm a fan of Brian Burks just because he was always just hard nosed and blunt and challenging did people. Not to, give he gave zero, zero. fucks. Yeah, zero. Yeah, yeah no challenging people to, to bar uh, barn fights. Remember when we saw him at PF Chang's? Yes, and then nobody would look him in the eye, and no, we just scary. quietly ate our food and sleep. Exactly. Out. Yeah. Okay, you guys are at PF Chang's. It's a nice restaurant. Was the tie on or off? Do you remember? Well, this is in SoCal. He was still a GM. He was still in GM. It's a night off. Mm. Yeah, that's Southern California for people who can't piece that together. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I think he was in like casual evening wear for what a 73-year-old man would wear. Smoking jacket. Smoking jacket. I was going to say maybe a nice golf shirt. Like the fresh yeah. golf shirt we yeah, just put it up was on? probably, I think it was something collared. But it he was, wasn't hated in Anaheim. He was respected oh, he in was, Anaheim. He was totally respected. Well, maybe I made up in my head people don't like Brian Burke. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. And maybe, and, and they're probably like, well, there's there's haters for everyone that's been a GM in the Nobody league. Nobody hates so. Tom Hanks. GM in the NHL. Ah, you're right. Uh, unless you're, uh, fuck, I'm drawing a blank. He's only the GM uh, that one year of Hartford. Ken Holland. That's the only guy <laughs> you really can't be mad at yeah, for a true. GM. But uh, Detroit fans are mad at Ken Holland. Right now, yeah, yeah. like they, it's just like they for, they just drop and forget the past. Yeah, they don't like, even know how they, they had hate. like the longest playoff run in the history of like professional sport, and they have one shitty season, and the new slice of pizza rink is fucking empty half half the time, <laughs> and it's Ken's fault. Yeah, you're a jerk. You went twenty two for twenty three for playoffs. Yeah, what? Jerk. F- fire him. What yeah. a run. Yeah, we've gone one for twenty three. Yeah. Enjoy that. <laughs> oh, we did. Yeah. Remarkably. Yeah. I've had a great time. Twenty three one for twenty three? Great time. It has been weird how Detroit fans got so angry after missing the playoffs once. Once. Oilers fans are just like, Well, next year we'll get them, boys. Huh? Uh, yeah. wow. Everybody? I think that's a bag milking way of reading uh, the Eric Blanger wants a fourth year. Answer solved. He believes. Answer, solution. That was a big summer for us. I remember Eric Belanger, Ben Eager, Darcy Hortichuk. Big summer for the Oilers. Yeah, very well. I thought the tides were turning. I've got a controversial topic I want to introduce, but I just looked at the number one Golden Knights fan on the internet, Dan, and said, how long? And he gave me a Ron McLean-esque, four minutes, Grapes. You only have four minutes till the break. So continue talking. I assume Ron McLean... Do you think he would be out if Brian Burke comes in as coach's corner? I don't think they. I think they know now they can't get rid of Ron McLean. When they had him on hometown <laughs> hockey God. and they sent him to Baffin Island, and yet he was still the best part of the broadcast. They completely fucked up how they used Strombo, though. He yes. should have been doing long form interviews of some kind. Yeah, not just not yes. just panel work. Yeah, he shouldn't have been on the panel. He should have just done interviews. How do you convert Strombo into Ron McLean? Remember though, he'd been on CNN and stuff. He was doing more like sit yeah, down. but that's not Ron McLean. Like Ron McLean is the Ron McLean of hockey. George Strombolopoulos is like the lifestyle guy of uh, you yeah. could maybe convert to lifestyle guy. I just thought that maybe Strombo would have been able to get some stuff, quotes, stories yeah. out of people. No, go that... to Burning Man with someone and ride yeah, bikes yeah. with a exactly. guy. Like, you got to leverage yes. his brand with a player's brand. Uh, why aren't you the director of programming I've... for CBC? And why, how many times do we have uh, to ask you to be? <laughs> I feel sorry for Stromble. Like he got, like obviously he's gonna, he's, he got offered opportunity that probably came with bulk coin. Oh yeah, and you got to pursue it. And a golden parachute. And a golden. Yeah. And he was still getting paid out from CNN. Yeah, so that's yeah, why he's on a motorcycle all like, the time, yeah, riding around on Instagram. Miscast. Where is Strombo now? What's he doing? Is he he's just, just driving around being rich? He's cash like, and checks? No, he's checking? on radio. He's doing. He's on CBC Radio. He has a show where he interviews people in his house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, which come is what on. he should be doing. Yeah, and exactly. he's bouncing around and going to attending he's all the cool events. He's probably got a setup similar to what we have here, probably a little bit fancier. Yeah. 
but he's just chilling out in his house. He's like, hey, come on by. Yeah. I got a Strombo gift bag for you. Darn right. Yeah, go to Tomorrowland with Drysaddle. What is that, a lanyard? Say the guests when they get the personalized lanyard. Fucking right, it's a lanyard. It's a George Strombo lanyard. Yeah. Here you go. Enjoy. Unbelievable. Put your something on it. They should have had him riding bikes and going to Burning Man and stuff like that. Yeah. I wonder if we'll ever clue into the fact that like people want lifestyle content on TV. Like, what's his nuts? Uh, who was over in Asia? Talk about it and spit and chicklets. Oh, Gazdick. Gazdick. That's so cool. Yeah, Gazdick I want to hear off. about Gazdick's yeah. trip to Southeast Asia. That's very interesting. You don't have to tell me that you licked a frog and had an LSD. Like, I just want to hear <laughs> what's up, right? Like, that's an interesting... He went and backpacked in uh, Southeast Asia. So he went, like, hostel to hostel uh, solo. And it's just funny. Like, it's... <laughs> It's just such a similar routine for people that go there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it, it, it's the same story, just duplicated. You go solo, you stay at a hostel, you run into randoms, you find Canada. a common ground. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's, that's the one thing. It's like, I fucking kept meeting people from Canada. I'm like, what the did. hell? I went to Southeast Asia to meet other people. And then he traveled around with the, all the same places that you think you would go to yeah. or you've been to if you've done the Southeast Asia. Cosan Road? Yeah. We talked about Coast of course specifically. You. Of course, but you, you know what? As a, I respect the meeting the Canadians thing though, because as I traveled by myself and I was lonely and I had yeah. no friends, I would look for that fucking flag on a backpack and I would go beeline because I knew they would be open to a conversation. Well, that's how you build the team. You need to, yeah, exactly. You, you, you have need, to have a squad. You get a little bit of a squad, and then you can bring the the outliers in and bring in the Swedes and the Aussies and all that stuff. We're subconsciously though tuned to listen for our own accent. Did you know that? Really? Mm, I, I don't done. know if I could pick it. Like, I don't know if I was in Thailand. I'd be like, shit, they got to be Canadian. Sure. I've seen you, I have seen you say that half dozen times in my life. But they, mu- they must have said like a keyword. Right. But like when you're in conversation with people and you're like scoping people out in a room, you will be naturally your ears drawn to people who sound like you. Hmm. It's back to caveman times when we would all be in a cave. Mm-hmm. We would separate into halves of the caves to have a cave dance. Anyways, it's a whole big thing. Gazdick, though, going to Asia... I think it's good. It's good the players go. I have a buddy ours in the NHL. He never left. Remember? Every offseason, he would just come home yeah. here and lift weights. You got to go see the world. Go on a two-month bender or yeah. two, a two-week bender and then train yeah. for the rest Oops. of summer. <laughs> well, I he's would, retired now, so fuck. Four-month bender. He's two-hour bender. I would love to know what Gazdick's accommodations look like in Southeast Asia. Do you know what I mean? How cheap did he go? Yeah, he paid for air conditioning in every Yeah, he, he said he would stay in the uh, like single bedrooms. Yeah. Uh, and then he talked about one time he he was at a bar and met some good English guys, and they're like, "Oh, you're going to Chiang Mai." Obviously, he went to Chiang Mai. Uh, you got to stay at this hostel; it's the best hostel in Chiang Mai. So he goes and books and gets there, and realizes it's a fucking dump. Um, there's cock. He goes to like throw something in the garbage, and cockroaches come spewing out of it. So he said, "He's like, well, fuck, I'm I'm an NHLer. Like, I got to fucking step, step up, up here." So he went and stayed like the best hotel he could find in okay. Chiang Mai after just have two days of like normalness. Because what I was gonna say is, I bet my accommodations that I stayed in pre Miss Milk, you guys would have never touched ever when you were there. I don't know. Yeah. Like, remember, I was just thinking about where were we the one time we, we, we got the one hotel, we drove in the middle of nowhere, we looked at it, we're oh. like, nope. And then we got back in the shuttle and left. Yeah. Got, <laughs> that was sketch. Never, the lesson is like, when you get off the plane, never go right to one of those booths with people that just got like cardboard. Like, they showed us a photo of a hotel that yeah, didn't they're exist. like, this is the hotel and, and it's it's good and blah, blah, blah. And you pay and you're like, oh, it's a decent rate. Yeah. And they, you get, we were right near like the garbage Yeah. Dump where around. was that though? That was in Phuket. Phuket. Yeah, we were near the garbage. We're dump. right near a garbage, way away from all the like we're on Patong Beach side, but like so far away from the action. And it's where all they dump all the garbage. We're walking. There's just rats everywhere. everywhere. There's dead cockroaches in our room. We're only staying there for one night. Thank fucking god. Yeah. And uh, 
then we got on our slow boat to PP and lived in luxury in a eighty dollar a night yeah. hotel that had a pool. Unbelievable. And I think the worst room I ever had was in Bangkok. It was off Khao San Road, so it wasn't even on Khao San Road. It was about the size of the table we're sitting at, which is about four by ten or something. I don't know measurements, but this was my room. I had no bathroom, no toilet in it, just a bed and a door. That's all I had. And when I walked in, there was a fucking rat in this room. I don't know how it got in there or how long it had been in there. It was the size of my laptop. I'd never seen anything like it before. I go down to the desk. Guy walks up with me. He's like, oh yeah, he's all right. He just goes in with a broom, kind of shoes him out. And he's like, there you go. And that's all you're going to do is you're going to shoe the giant rat thing. Who knows how it even got in here. Oh, he came in through his door. (laughs) Yeah. Let's take a break, boys. We'll come back. I always always thought it was Cosan Road. Just one sec. We'll be back after this. Have you got holes to dig, earth to pack, and roads to build? Then you need to call Jabba Machinery Group. Does your equipment need a service? You can't fix stupid, but here at Jabba Machinery Group, we can fix everything else. With a full range of parts to keep your equipment running smoothly, Jabba Machinery Group is a family-operated and Alberta-grown business. Here to help build a bigger and better Western Canada. Give us a call or visit us at jabbamachinery.com. Japa Machinery Group. Join the family. We're back. Real Life Podcast brought to you by our friends at Japa. Marin, I hope you're having a nice day. We're about to talk about some Asian trips. I hope you enjoy the next uh, few Aaron minutes. Earmuffs, or Marin Earmuffs. Yeah, Earmuffs. So they shoo a rat out. You're talking about being in Thailand and yep. going into the fanciest room. I'm imagining the post-murder room in the movie The uh, Island. No, what's it called? The beach? The beach. Oh, yeah. Remember when it has like the flashback of the British guy all sliced up in his room and whatnot? Yeah. Is that Daffy. where you were staying? Yeah, I was. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Was there a flickering light? The light did flicker. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah, it did. It flickered. It was. But to be fair, it was like three dollars a night. It was a hundred twenty. No, probably about four dollars. It was one hundred twenty-five. To be fair. To be fair. Fourteen cents. Yeah, I mean dollars a night. Yeah. I was trying to extend, and this was right when I got there too. Yeah. So I just landed looking for a place, and this is the fucking shithole I stand in. So I'm like, I'm going to extend my trip as long as humanly possible. Yeah. That means I'm going to stay in dollar forty rooms. Yeah, and dollar forty rooms, not for me. There are people who mule drugs around Southeast Asia that can spot a guy like you at a hundred paces. I say <laughs> that guy there, he'll do what we need. Hello, old friend. Would you hey, like to carry you... this backpack to Borneo? <laughs> yeah, you, you stayed in the rat room. Exactly. Yeah. That was the test, probably. Yeah. How'd you fare in the rat room? If you wouldn't yeah. stay there, you wouldn't mule. If, if you, you didn't, didn't stay there. Yeah. Or go. if you didn't complain about the rat in the room, then they definitely know they've got you for some butt muling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, butt muling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your suitcase. In prison Cambodia. Yeah. Prison, prison pot. Yeah. <laughs> disgusting. It happens. Speaking of disgusting, I want to thank you for teaching me about how precious and short life can be by eating an entire can of beets. And uh, how were the, how was the uh, how was the aftermath? Well, I ate a can of beets last week because I had a bet with you that I would not watch the playoffs. Yes, and I watched the playoffs because Jay tricked me with a David Perron story, which obviously I'm going to fall for 100 times out of 100. And I watched some overtime as so I had to eat this can of beets, something you've done all year when the Oilers lose, and it's all very funny. It is not funny when you eat beets. Now I'm not a man to talk about bathroom stuff. <laughs> All right? I think that you should still have an outhouse down the street. You never mention it with anybody. It's like when elephants go to die, they go and do it by themselves. That's my bathroom strategy. Having said that, I did not feel very well 20 minutes after the podcast ended and had to retire early for the day back to my residence. Wow, that was quick. Just let yourself know you probably put something good in your body that had to do some things, and you're better for it. 
I don't think anything good <laughs> in your beats. body. I was pro beats. I'm nothing not move good off of does it. that bad to you. How, so we're not going to get into specifics. No. But like tw- <laughs> 20 minutes? Yeah, nothing. Like Wow. A heartbeat later. And it was bad, right? Red fog of death? No, not, no red fog. And mm. no red pee either. Mm. Didn't have Red pee. I had red peas twice. Yeah. Oh shit. Twice. Didn't happen. It was a it was a particular weekend, kind of where the Oilers did three games and four nights, kind of thing, and I had to eat beets all three times. Of course. I've had I've had brown pea from the Oilers having three games and four nights. But that's over. Yes, heavily dehydrated. Mm. I always find uh, if I'm super hungover and I take a piss, it smells like sugar crisp cereal. Good for you, man. That's a you know what the people pay a lot of money for that. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. They want to buy sugar crisp pee? We're talking about Southeast Asia. I was just thinking of a side business. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's good for fertility. Yeah, tourist for sure. pee? Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. There's a huge sure business is, yeah. in tourist pee. Of course. Massive. Mm-hmm. What was the sketchiest thing you saw in all your time in Southeast Asia? A guy getting stabbed. Oh. On the beach? <laughs> oh, wow. That's real. Uh, no, that was a gunfight on the just, beach you saw. It. Well, no. I Thank Christ I wasn't there. But, yeah, I did see a guy get stabbed just off the beach on pee-pee. It was like a mafia hit of some kind. So we were walking past and a guy gets shanked like right up near the shoulder. So my first thought was, Oh my God, we need to go help that guy or get help for that guy. We need somebody. No, it's not me. I can't do anything, but I can find somebody to do something. And they said, do you know who that is? Of course I don't know who that is. Ain't that skinny Jay running things over on the east <laughs> yeah. side of the island? Like, yeah, what? so then the, one of the guys I was with, who's a longtime local, he was an expat from England who had ended up living on the island for four or five years. He's like, yeah, that's a mafia dude. Part of like, this is like a turf thing going on. We don't need to be anywhere near this. There is like zero turf to be had in PP, and there's a turf war. Oh, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Well, well I mean, just made, selling everybody their bongo beans. Absolutely. Just think of how many tourists roll through that island on a daily basis. There's roll through the other side of the island. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then the one you were talking about, there was a shooting on a beach in the middle of one of the beach bars, which shut the island down. We had a curfew. Everybody had to be off in your room by about 11, 1130, which if you've been to PB, that's bonkers. Nobody goes to bed no. at 11 o'clock. No, no, that's just when the night's starting. Yeah. So it was like the a very mayonnaise jar at this pizza place is barely even dented. A hundred percent. So it was like a very weird time where we had to go to... You know, we had to go to bed and watch burned copies of, you know, Logan or, or you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, endless, am- endless amount of movies there with yeah. uh, all the, the fake DVD. Yeah, lo- uh, luckily, you had a choice of every DVD yeah. ever made. <laughs> I almost got in trouble for that coming back into Canada because I had so many burned copies of movies. They were like, you know, these are all copyrighted. And I was just like, I, I paid like 50 cents for them. I'm like, yeah. you can have them. I don't know. Like, do you want me to leave them here? What do you want me to do? And the guy was just like, by that point, he had deep searched all my stuff they had seen some uh some stamps on my passport that kind of send you into the search room like cambodia is one of them oh yes we've been in sent into that Lao will send you in there so they're going through my stuff and then they get to my dvds and he looks through all these copies of my dvds and then at this point he's just fucking with me because he knows i'm just some dumbass who's just coming back from a trip and i've got nothing no money i'm poor as fuck yeah. and he's just like yeah we could hold you for these dvds i was like you can have them sir i don't want this you copy buy them. they're cheap they're good quality <laughs> yeah yeah she's all that can be yours take and, it to your family so i had to pay a small fine jay what do you remember being the sketchiest thing you saw uh I also went to a bunch of ping pong shows. Uh, that's just like a whole show in itself of the weird, sketchy shit you see at a ping pong show. If you've ever been, you know what I'm talking about. If yeah. you haven't been and you don't know ping pong shows. I didn't is, go. Mm. When we went to ping pong, I went shopping for a fake watch that was so brilliantly encrusted with fake diamonds that 
I gave myself a Grammy. I looked such the part. I went to a ping pong show with our crew. Uh, to I didn't the go. biggest tourist trap of all the ping pong shows at a place called Super Pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's just giant neon signs with a. I think they played on uh, the cat angle of that. Um, and yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. Uh, sketchiest. D- did thing. you get involved in the shows at all? No, I, I made sure to lock zero eye contact. Because if you sat cause... close enough to the stage, yeah. they would invite you to get involved oh, yeah. in the show. A few, a few of the crew got uh, got in the mix, if you will, and had shit shot at them or Actual. played ping pong with ladies for JJs. But uh, I got in the mix a lot. Oh, dude. They you were got in the mix? Oh, yeah. You participated? That, that, Absolutely. That, I had to. You've oh, always okay, been well, a showman. You wanted to. That's fine. I had to. You've always been a showman. It, well, you know what? First of all, if I'm going to a strip club, I'm sitting per row because what else am I doing there? Right. Sure. Maybe. Right? Well, I could make an argument. That, anyways, go on. <laughs> so then they're, they asked, they inevitably asked, does anybody want to participate in the next act after one or three buckets? Then I'm in the mix. Yeah. What am I supposed to do? Five Not shots of cobra b- blood later. That's yeah. the second worst decision of the night. Yeah. My favorite one, though, is when I was holding a handful of helium balloons, probably a oh, string yeah, about four feet floating above my head or whatever, and the lady lays down on her back, flat on her back, spreads eagle, shoots balloons one by one. It was the most talented yeah. thing I the, think I've ever seen. The accuracy they possess. Incredible. Incredible. I'm like, do I get safety goggles or something? They're like, no safety goggles for you. You'll be fine. I put on those like <laughs> shitty Ray-Bans that everybody trust has. Us. Yeah, you can trust us. After all, we're running the ping pong show. One time, and I'm sure Miss Milk would love that I'm talking about this, she got in the mix as well. There was this place in Phuket called Suzy Wong's, where if you walked in, they would hand you a, probably like a two-foot foam baton. Right. And the batons were for whipping the people on stage. So as we do, we sat in the front row because it's the best place to sit in these places. And she got called up, but she had had enough cocktails where she's like, all right, I'm in the mix. And then these like weird businessmen are like hitting her with these batons and stuff. What? So like the whole show is just watching weirdos club each other? Kind of. Yeah. They do like, like oh yeah. Foam bat bukkake. People are hitting the stripper with a bat? Yeah. Yeah. Like foam batons. They don't hurt in any way. Wow. But you're nude. I assume they'd be prickly. Yeah. A little bit of a sting maybe. I don't know. Miss Milk got in the in the mix. I told her. Uh, I told her parents this story shortly after I met them, and they sure, were very impressed. Well done. Well, well, that's the key. You got you got to make yourself look better than her, so they like you. Or right? uh, the way my my approach was always that you don't give yourself a highlight reel version of yourself. Show them the, show them the dirt. Get give in the, the mud. Warts, yeah. yeah, yeah. Get in the mud, and then everything else from there is fine. So basically, you meet Miss Milk. You're storing up everything you can think of to throw her under the bus when you meet her parents as Absolutely. an act of subordination. Hundred like, percent. You are in charge. Your daughter did all these fucked up things. Don't bother me. I'm bank milk. Pretty much, yeah. And then we come home, and then she does the exact same thing to me with all my family and you know siblings and whatever. Wow. Tit for tat. That's fair. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Tit for tat. So again, what, what I'm trying the to sketchiest thing. Uh, well, I don't know if you remember. We're in we're in Raleigh Beach. Okay. And we're in this like tree fort bar. Yes. And we ran into this random weirdo Canadian. Unfor- and we're talking to him and whatever. Anyways, this I'm trying to say that to so see if you can it? understand yeah, the setting. Go on. Yes. Oh no no. And then the <laughs> guy's got to go rock a piss. Uh, Everything I found disgusting or scary or sketchy was all bathroom related bathroom there. Related. And there it is. You walk into this room and it looks like it's just this little like ceramic bird fountain in the middle of the room. Was this the bar we were sitting up top? Yeah, it was like a tree yeah, fort yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah, so you yeah, come yeah. down and uh, you, everyone's, it's just full of like urine that's established like a skin <laughs> on it. And it's just sitting there and it's this well lit room, which was even 
weirder about it, but everyone's just like using this bird bath as a urinal or as a bathroom. And uh, the floor, everything's just coated in this just mungy material. It was all just because they, they don't clean it. They just let it pee, like yeah. fill up and overflow. Why would you? There's tourists everywhere. Why would you clean it up? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Great place, like outside of that bathroom. <laughs> Great place. So as bathroom. long as you're willing to kind of just like forget those moments um, and just power through or just jump in the ocean, uh, you know, it's all good. You know, that's that's one thing that I would say is if you've got a weak stomach kind of thing, Southeast Asia is beautiful. Don't get me wrong, oh, but there amazing. are times where you're going to see something. You're like, well, that's not normal. Yeah, uh, you'll get a whiff walking down the street that's sent straight from hell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because they don't really have like waste management there. So you'll walk around a corner and it'll just be a pile of garbage and it'll reek because it's been there in the 40 degree heat for months. But then you walk another block and you don't smell anymore and you're the beauty again. We're lucky, I think, our experience traveling because we're big, tall, white guys who scream and yell everywhere we go and get very drunk and handsy with, you know, <laughs> not the bad Speak way. Speak for yourself? Think. Yeah. Not the bad way you would think, but, like, hand-talking and yelling. And I think that, like, that keeps would-be muggers at bay, right? We were f- I've never seen really anything, like, crime sketchy. The only thing I ever sketchy happened to me was once I got punched in the face in the way of the Justin Bieber concert on the LRT here in town by a homeless lady, neither here nor there. And one time when I was in Hartford walking down the street, drinking a bottle of Goldschlager, my friend and I had lifted from a nightclub. We were followed by a car full of dudes that looked quite gangster. And then we ducked into a little diner and sat there drinking Goldschlager and outweighed them when they left. Mm. Nothing ever happened to me in Southeast Asia. I did get mugged in Sydney in Australia, though, by two dudes with cricket bats. What? Yeah. That's not why cricket bats were invented. <laughs> yeah, they were like, if you don't give me what's in your pocket, I'm going to beat the uh, shit out of you with these cricket bats. I'm that like, is you know such what? an Aussie stereotype. It was and they threw a at me. Give me your fucking shit, cunt. It was in a, I will bat you. I told 100. this. Uh, <laughs> the century. <laughs> Waving to the crowd. Oh. I told this story to Nipsey before he, like, when I first met him, and he's like, well, where were you? And I was in King's Cross in Sydney, which is kind of like the sketch area. Wow, town. It's kind of the tour. That's like the busiest area. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, wow, you know, kind of deserved it. Okay. All I had was change anyway, so you can rob me for my change. I'm not going to put up a fight for change in my pocket. I was, and then I tried to run away. They threw a boomerang at me. <laughs> exactly. And, and I went back and hit them. They jumped on the kangaroos and rode away. Yeah. After they robbed me, they played a wicked didgeridoo solo. Uh, wah, 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 I'm trying wah, to think wah. of sketchy stuff that I saw. I, I was definitely sketched out when we were riding around on scooters in Vietnam. Oh, because so I assume you had no uh, helmet on. You're just we on the back of the scooter. We were with Oodle Noodle Sunny. I love that. Uh, founder of Oodle Noodle, and we went to Vietnam, and we went to like where you don't normally go if you're a tourist in Vietnam, and that was amazing. But we just got to Asia for the first time. So like of everywhere I've traveled, that was the most culture shock I've ever had. But we were out one night, and we'd been drinking. like What were we drinking? Like Hennessy or like fancy oh, cognac. I love cognac. It's a French colony. Yeah. We're drinking cognac right out of our minds, and then they're like, okay, hey, we're going to go do X and Y and Z and come with these guys, and I jump on the back of a scooter <laughs> With this little skinny guy. That's a good photo. I wonder who that photo is. And then he just did like a U-turn in like 75 lanes of traffic. Got and it. weaved around. Yeah. And I've got Hennessy brain and everything's like waving in and out. And I remember holding on to this guy as though we were best friends. We'd been in the war together. And I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is. This guy that might not even know how to ride a scooter. I'm fucked. Yeah. Like, gro- like eight grown drunk men on scooters. Yeah. We we're going to a karaoke bar. Right. When we're with Sonny's quote unquote rich friends. Yes, which means either they're, they're judges all or like gangsters. 50 plus, 45 plus year old men. And we proceed to go into the karaoke bar where they like gave us the royal treatment because there was one of they the OGs. The floor there. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. they, they were closing or something. Yeah. Oh, no, we're open because we're with this special guy. We go into the room. 
they're bringing us flats of uh, warm uh, Heineken. And then they proceed, the, the guys are with, to sing Vietnamese love songs. To each other. To each other. Handsy. Very handsy. So what would be like an equivalent of a North American love song? The if theme we were Titanic. Yeah, oh, we're just like, singing it to each other. Yeah, and then and, and Sonny could tell, and even I think Sonny was getting weirded out. He's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna take us home," <laughs> just because it was just the. Do most you remember the guy thing. throwing the keys to the oh, yeah. scooter? Yeah. So wheels up, and like one of the guys is a gangster, and we all get off on these scooters, very ungangstery. And I don't remember if it was like the gangster or the driver, but he walks up to the doorman and yells at him in Vietnamese, and then throws his keys at the guy. Yeah. <laughs> he made he made him his tire needed to be fixed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh sorry. Come on now I'm, I'm trying to make this the final. I was some cars. Want to make sure you get all the details yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. Don't you worry. I'll finish this up. Even though Dan's making the crazy sign with his hand, so throws the keys at the guy. And Jane and I are like, we are not in Kansas. Like I had never even been to Asia before. And what ended up happening was there was a flat tire, and it, things are different there. If you're an OG gangster, you go tell the doorman take my scooter and go and get the tire fixed. And we're sitting up there in the special floor watching the karaoke gets sung and this guy came up he was a big guy he was a bouncer at a nightclub I was like here you go sir and gave the guy his scooter keys the guy was like whatever I'm like what just happened he's like I made him fix my tire my tire I'm a scooter like wow wow you're a real gangster speaking That's of weird. gangsters take a break oh. we'll be back after this real life Alberta is where you find hard working hands where prairie grown rye meets mountain spring water where we pull dragons from the ground we choose Rig Hand Distillery. Vodka, whiskey, gin, and more. Rig Hand is made from Alberta-grown ingredients, locally distilled and distributed. It's a bottle of Alberta. Ask for award-winning Rig Hand in your liquor store and visit RigHandDistillery.com. Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, one of the weirdest things that I ever saw is in Bangkok, me and my buddy Mark fell asleep in the back of a tuk-tuk, and when we woke up, we were both in wheelchairs in a brothel. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah. For real? Yeah. With yeah. wallets and everything intact? Everything we everything on our person was still there, but we were both in wheelchairs and we come back to life in this brothel in front of a probably like a thirty foot wall that was just a glass wall with women behind it. What wow. was the conversion rate of those types of customers? Like if you put a hundred guys in wheelchairs. Oh eighty percent. Wake up and start buying? Yeah. Feel like you have to buy your way out of there, so you don't. Get we did have to buy our way out of there. Yeah. We had to buy either there was either you had to buy time with a girl, yeah, a meal, sure, or some drinks. So we're like, well, how many drinks do we need to buy to get the fuck out of here? And he's just like, oh, just a couple of beers. I guess we'll have a couple of beers and watch this wall of girls stare back at us. Weird, but we were talking about it later, like recently. How we fell asleep in a fucking cab in Bangkok and oh, ended yeah. up in this brothel in wheelchairs. We could have been in a tub with no kidneys. Oh, for sure. Remember, Wild. Remember, <laughs> it was in Laos that on the way into the hotel, or was it Vietnam? Vietnam to go and meet up with Tara and the Kentucky we weren't on, and the guy ripped us off for like eight hundred million won or whatever hell. It was. Oh, the cab ride. Cause yeah, never take. Um, when you're taking a cab and you get out of the airport in Hanoi. Never let someone like escort you to a cab, right? Because it's a fake cab. That happened paid, like ten times the yeah. price. And he's like, oh, I can't drive down in front of your hotel because the road's broken. And we're like, of course, because it's four in the morning. We just got here. <laughs> and then we get there, and our tour guy was like, oh, you guys, be careful about your car rides in or whatever. We're like, we know what we're doing. We only paid $9 million to get here. She's like, oh, did he tell you he can't drive in front of the hotel? Yeah. He's like, that's because the guys know at the hotel because they want to let you out of the cab, make sure you weren't murdered. 
they know when the sketchy guys come, yeah. so they'll never yeah. drop you off. Remember the guy on taking the way the out. <laughs> so we're like, that's the worst cab driver. Was that in Vietnam? That was in Vietnam. Yeah, we're like, that is the worst taxi driver in all of Vietnam. It could not get any worse than that. And then it got worse than that because on the way out of town, again, four in the morning, but this time leaving, this poor cab driver had been up for weeks. And he was driving down the freeway, which or highway, which was like empty, falling asleep. Repeatedly. And like his hands would like his head would nod and his hands would go to the side. And so we were like we had the windows open, we're clapping our hands trying to keep this guy awake all the way to the airport. Oh no. I <laughs> wish he'd ripped us off. <laughs> That's a tip for you if you're in Thailand and they tell you that the meter is broken in a cab and you see a cop around, get him to hail your cab. Yeah. It is illegal for them to not use the meter if you ask. Now, the double-double is when you ask a fake cop mm. to get you a real cab, and he hooks you up with one of his sketch buddies who pretends to be a taxi driver. Yeah. yeah. The world has changed so much, right? Like, now I'm spending a lot of time in Mexico City working, and I don't have to take any taxis. And taxis are, like, the chief place to rob tourists and stuff. It's all Ubers. So I don't know if Uber's in Southeast Asia yet. I bet you it is. You could probably land and go around Bangkok in your Uber. Probably, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a... There's something else, but it's an Uber. Yeah. Uber either just bought half of them or they bought half of Uber. Is it Luber? Because that's not what you think it is, yeah. Milk. Luber is not... That's a, yeah, not, that's, no. that's, that's a complimentary mm-hmm. substance for Viagra. That's right, Mr. Ping Pong Show. Well, you know, when in Rome, as they say. So... There's a bet going on. Yeah, yeah. Let's We're talk about something other than bag milk frequenting prostitutes We're in Southeast Asia. Paying debts. <laughs> paying debts. So Gotta pay the fiddler. Last week, Wanye ate the beets. Ill-advised. Well, but... Got an influx of vitamin C, though, in the vitamin, very least. Exactly, which is good. Cancer-fighting vitamin C. Absolutely. We gotta keep him on tip-top shape. That's tip-top. right. So, but, you know, lost a bet, paid a bet. Dan and I had a bet... Because uh, I refuse to believe in the Vegas Golden Knights. That, uh, but you've been consistently not believing in the Vegas Golden Knights. You are Knights. not moving me off this rhetoric or narrative or whatever. I am anti-Vegas Knights, and I will be for I'll be this way until I die. Um, yeah. So we bet on the Vegas uh, Winnipeg series, and the bet was if I lose, I have to make Dan a little brick, uh, an item on the little brick menu. As Winnipeg proceeded to get their asses handed to him. Dan did a Twitter poll. The people of Twitter spoke, and I had to make Dan a little brick breakfast, for which we uh, shot some videos of and posted last week. And uh, I believe, Dan, it actually tasted okay. I salt. put a, a little too salt. Uh, salt bay. I did a little salt bay with the green onions. I put the sausages in a V-shape to represent Vegas. Very nice touches. if I'm going to lose, nice I'm going to lose. Yeah, classy. So, so now we've carried four because my hate for Vegas is not stopping. Uh, so we ha- we went in and had it, and we didn't make the bet today. We made it before the series started between Vegas and uh, the Capitals. So I'm pro Caps, and the bet is if Vegas wins the cup, I have to keep something on my desk to commemorate the Stanley Cup uh, victory of the Vegas Golden Knights. That has to sit on my desk desk as a fixture for one year, and that way, anytime someone walks into the office being like, "Why the fuck do you have something Vegas on your desk?" I now have to explain why I'm an idiot and bet against them all throughout the playoffs. Now, if the Caps win, I made the microphone vibrate there with that. But uh, if if the emphatic, Caps, he's a winner. If the Caps win, I get to burn Dan's Vegas hat that he's been wearing religiously your every day. Favorite hat. And I get to make a hat that he has to wear once a week for the entire year that says Vegas sucks. Ah. It's a good bet. 
So a coup de grace. So Wanya and I have been contemplating on some designs and yeah. how we're going to go about it. And yeah. I think we've got a good understanding yeah. of how this is going to go down. It's going to cost me some money, but I think it'll be <laughs> amortized over fifty-two <laughs> wares in a year. I think it'll be about five dollars a wear. And uh, oh wow, this is five dollars a wear. Oh, you, you never know. This I, is an I, expensive I don't, hat. I don't know. I don't know what things cost. That's true. But there's there's some no work. There's some work. Yeah, it's 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 going to be a made-to-order. You know. One of one Vegas sucks hat design. I can't wait to see this because there's now my mind is flooding with ideas. Is it going to be sparkly? Is there going to be lights on it? Is there going to be rhinestones on it? Is it going to be a top hat? Is it going to be like one of those fucking jester hats? It's it's going to send the message home. Oh, Dan, you clown. <laughs> but it's a, it, it, the series is 2-1. Lots of hockey left. Game four goes tonight. How are you feeling about game four going into tonight? Fantastic. Caps, two big games for the Caps in a row. Arguably should have won game one yeah, as well. Should have won game Definitely one. should have won game one. Uh, they, I think they're in the head. Fleury hasn't showed up yet, so that's good. So he's either Fleury's going to steal him a game tonight, or the Caps are really fucking in his head and, and making little brick breakfast for everyone on the team. And uh, they go up 3-1, and it's... Just a matter of when the Caps win. What you, definitely. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, what do you guys think of the 20-minute intro that Vegas does before their games? It's amazing. Love it. It's great. I love it too, but I thought it was only... I thought it was like a special thing, like on game one of the Stanley They're Cup in the finals. Bloody Stanley Cup no, finals. and that's my point. Like oh. game one, Stanley Cup finals, they do this big thing. I'm like, oh man, this is amazing. Like Vegas is really stepping up. But then they did the exact same show before game two, and I was like, oh. Well, that's not as fun now. Okay. For crying out loud. Well, maybe switch it up a bit, but like, I love the effort, and they're putting a lot of production behind it, and you, it's 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 evident when you watch it. Like I said, where I'll give Vegas immense props is they are just putting the ice hockey game on the American map. Uh, they have and a drum such line a good job. with people wearing lighted glasses, like old Kanye West videos. Yeah, yeah. it was like Drumline had a baby. And they're called with the Nightline. <gasps> They're called the what? They're called the Nightline, aren't they? Oh, nice. That's oh, yeah. Nice. They, they've just, yeah. That's clever. So they're doing a lot of good things for the game, and hopefully a lot of teams will learn some lessons here and will really up the production quality from a fan experience. So Maybe we, a certain northern Canadian team that's got the hearts of the hometown. See, like, I would love to know if you're at, the, at OEG and you're watching what Vegas is doing before the game, during the game, whatever, and they're like, what we're doing is enough. This is enough. A lot of the stuff that was amazing that happened in, in the playoffs last year was driven by fans. Yeah. Like the dance, the dance party that was in Ford Hall. Amazing. I got, that was, that's Oilers fans wanted a party with Oilers fans. There was nothing. Uh, they had music going. I'll give them that. But that was all on us. They didn't do anything over and above that. We didn't have Lil John come and start our engine or whatever. If Little John played turn down for what outside of Rogers place prior to a conference game, you would see me nude crowd surfing non Viagra assisted boner so long. It could slap the space station. I'd be so excited. I wish the Oilers would bring a little John. I could have done without imagine dragons. I was not a fan of imagine dragons. No, they don't seem to be quite the pump-up jam you're looking for. No, it's like... But you know what I did? Because they were... I was watching the game, and I saw that Imagine Dragons was trending on Twitter. So I'm like, I'm going to go check out this trend. I want to see what the kids are saying. Because I understand that as a guy in my 30s, I don't really understand what's going on with the kids. 
Imagine Dragons is Nickelback. It's the new Nickelback from Millennials. Oh, for real. Some people love them to the point of they're the best band ever. Fucking love them. Imagine Dragons. That's my jam. And then other people equally hate them with a passion. They're you know, the new Nickelback. You know what I love about, uh, like, and this is just like these types of bands in general now, is that, like, they're going to go up and do a performance and they're going to put, like, all this, like, effort and body language and energy and then just have this soft shit come out of their mouths. <laughs> and, that they're and that's what but it they're was. Like, they're, like, just, like, going crazy. It's like we're at that jungle party in Thailand. And these these guys are just the DJs are just going crazy. And they're about to, they go to drop the needle like it's a bomb yeah, on this amazing. song, and it's this soft like trance <laughs> love fucking bullshit. And that's what fucking Imagine Dragons. They're fucking sitting there jumping around thinking they're fucking ACDC. Yeah, and then just throw out this soft fucking Butter bullshit. Soft. It'd be like and, if Celine Dion had a hype team. And I actually don't mind Slowly Imagine Dragons because like I love this. fucking Nickelback. But I just think it's funny. I don't mind that. Imagine Dragons because I love Nickelback. Can that be the name of the show this week, Dan? <laughs> Go on, Jay. Well, fuck, gotta love Nickelback. They're Alberta boys. See, it's one of those things where I don't hate, like, Nickelback's got some jams, and I'm sure Imagine Dragons has like some Nickelback. jams that I would be I... into. I just found the reaction to them was so divisive, so down the middle. Some people loved them, and others hated them with a passion. I thought it was amazing. But they were Vegas' own. Oh, I made us pop again. Yeah. They were Vegas' own band performing before the game. So I was wondering who is Edmonton's uh, edition of that that we could have play before the game. Obviously, Nickelback's from Alberta. I thought it'd be sweet if they had a whale and drum solo from the Pale Guy that used to be outside Rexall Place. Oh, that'd be unbelievable. I'd get, I'd get the crowd fired The guy up. who played the side flute in the Absolute. LRT? Oh, Doug Flutie. Of course. Doug Flutie. <laughs> well done. Dougie Flutes. We got to get more Edmonton bands to blow up, but that's a rant for another day. I wish we had somebody divisive um, from Edmonton. What the hell is it? Some, Matt DeMarco? Something DeMarco? Yeah. He's Matt an Edmonton guy. Blew up. Or Social Code. We'll drag them out from wherever they are. Social Code, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We made a video with a guy from Social the Code Smalls? coming out later on. Are they mm-hmm. from here? Smalls, yeah. Shout out, 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 out. That's from Edmonton. They're mm-hmm. a band. See, we can get some people. Yeah. Or you just bring in, ex- I mean, Canadians are luminaries right now. Imagine if they put out a Bieber Drake song and they Don't. performed it outside the arena. Good heavens. Cue me naked crowd surfing again. Wow. On my back this time. Last week we talked about the Drake beef with Pusha T. Yeah. Pusha T responded since we last recorded. With Thoughts? the clap back of the century. Unreal. But everything is wrestling. Mm-hmm. Revealing that you have a kid. Revealing that your kid is sort of named after Adidas, which is odd. Mm. And that you're going to bring him out to launch an Adidas clothing line for children. This isn't the old East Coast, West Coast gangster rap days when guys were clapping back at each other. Now it's no. like, you've taken this too far. You're affecting my Adidas deal. <laughs> Good song, though. Push T. Great Throwing song. heat over a JD, uh, Jay-Z beat. Wow. I'm still waiting for Drake to come back. Do you think he's going to respond? Of course he's going to come back. This is all engineered at yeah. a country club in upstate New York four years ago with two branding teams and the Hennessy reps that are going to be the moderator of all this. Push T floated out on Twitter that he, well, you know, I'm paraphrasing that Drake has got a hundred grand out if anybody's got dirt on Pusha T. Only a hundred grand? Drake. Well, this blackface photo. You see this thing? Oh, yeah. Jay, you see the Drake blackface photo? No. So he did some... Drake went blackface? Oh, yeah. So he did some article for a regional Toronto magazine about the difficulties of being, I suppose, African-Canadian. Did you just hit your head on the mic? You did. Look at that blackface photo. Oh, shit. That is crazy. So it was a piece about being difficult to be you know, African-Canadian and getting jobs. Yeah. So it was like supposed to be satirical. Yeah. But Pusha T released that when Drake was talking about how he fixed his career. Yeah. That's what he released back. Wow. Like that's made fun of his producer too that has MS or whatever. It was it was a oh, dark response. Oh yeah. 
There but was no uh, no punches pulled. It has to be engineered in advance. There's no way Pusha T is just sitting on this photo of Drake, being like, "Well, one day, <laughs> one day I'm going to have an album come out, and mysteriously, one day before that album comes out, the most popular rapper in the world is going to challenge me to a duel." I don't know. Yeah, this is Fifty Cent Kanye. Yeah, I think of Kanye. Kanye ended the beef on Twitter. Says done. No With more who? beef for now. Pusha T and Drake done. Kanye ended it. Kanye ended Does it. Does he have the pass and the cred to do that? I don't know. Good album though. Came out on Friday. I didn't dig it. No. No. I thought it was. I thought it was good. It was not the a gospel of Jesus like some people on social media seem to think. There are people who really think that it's that amazing. Yeah, they were. It was weird. I was reading the reactions in the Twitter moment. But new Kanye, go get it. Let's take a break. Come back. Best of the week. Worst of the week. I would put the Yay album in the worst of the week, but we'll see. We'll be back after oh, this. Spicy. Real life. We're back, Real Life Podcast, brought to you by our friends at sumojerky.com. Jay, you were just saying we got sumo jerky twice in two weeks. <laughs> That's been a good run. Well, there was an issue at the border with some of the issue with some of the international orders or something like that. So the first one got delayed. Yeah, two bags and two shipments in two weeks is good living. Oh. I was convinced it was a return shirt of some kind. Jay is just like, I don't think so. I think it's jerky. And he just ripped it open, despite the package being labeled with Chris's name on it. Yeah. It's for intern Chris. Absolutely. The rest of you are just mooching off his jerky. Oh, the best wow. part was Chris wasn't here when we opened the jerky. We ate all the mango habanero, which was my favorite flavor in this month's yeah. shipment. Yeah. And we ate the other five bags. To, uh, How did all. you leave the sriracha one untouched? Because I've already sampled it here and uh, knew that the texture of it wasn't my fave. It was a little bit dry, wasn't it? Yes. Isn't yes. that interesting? I liked Yukon Jack's point last week about now he feels like he's a beef jerky aficionado. So am I. Absolutely. When I crack those things open, I feel like a Russian judge at the Olympics. 100%. I'm like, well, I'm going to give you the extra point, but you didn't stick the landing. Like the mango habanero nailed it for flavor and for texture. Presentation as well. I like the bag. I like the packaging. That's why I grabbed it first. See? You know what's happening, boys. you become sumo jerkied. I've watched a Welcome lot of... good life. I've watched a lot of bar rescue, so I feel like John Tapper's... Uh, words are coming through my mouth when I'm speaking of beef jerky, although he talks about bars. Why? Oh, okay. Like, what? There's <laughs> yeah. a jerky tie-in? No, not at all. All right. Let's talk about the best of the week or worst of the week, boys. For me, the best of the week is the best of the month, potentially the best of the year, the best Oilers news I've received since Connor McDavid signed that big-ass deal last year. Keegan Lowe, my dog, future Norris winner, has signed a two-year deal with a smooth 450 U.S. guaranteed per NHLnumbers.com. Uh, we have locked up yeah. the Oilers' rear guard at the Bakersfield level for the Maybe. next 24 months, which I'm going to call good months. He's got the bloodline of a dynasty in him. I thought the reaction to the signing was interesting, on the nation specifically. Go on. People were very angry that Keegan Lowe got a two-year deal, despite the fact that it's probably just a Condorzy kind of thing. Yeah, you can tell by the AHL money that it's... It's, he's going to be staying in the AHL. They were rattled by the fact that Kevin Lowe's son has a two-year deal, despite all evidence that he is an adequate AHL defenseman, that there's nothing wrong with that. Personally, is I that said... a standard AHL deal? Like, I don't even know what those guys are pulling in. I don't think so. I think yeah, he's guys more, more mature. Uh, like, like, 25 in the A is considered, like, a little bit, like, older, if right. you will. So those guys will get more AHL money. To stay uh, put. Because, like, if you look at, like, the kids, like, Yamamoto will probably make, like, 75K uh, or 80K or something like that in the HL, And his NHL deal is, like, 900 grand. So there's there's a lot more disparity of the young guys. And the older guys, they get more money. 
at the end of the day, Bakersfield needs good players, and it doesn't matter what their last name is. If Keegan Lowe can play the job and he can do the job, then that's fine. It doesn't matter who his dad is. Relax. He's playing in the AHL. He might get a cup of coffee with the Oilers. He might get called up if there's injuries. He played two solid games last year. I'll tell you where what. There's another bet. Doesn't somebody at this table have a bet with Keegan Lowe? There's a Keegan Lowe bet because uh, Wanye is, as you can tell, a huge fan. I like, hold on. If you like him so much, you should get an Oilers jersey of Keegan Lowe. I would get an Oilers jersey of Keegan Lowe. I would. I I would get one tomorrow morning. But it's got to be when he has a better number because wasn't he like 53 or something? 47. Yeah, I can't. His call up no. number. Well, that well, if if you but if you really respect the yeah. guy, you would wear his call up number. You know what? I'm gonna write it down right here. Get Keegan, Keegan Lowe, Lowe number forty seven. Mark Andre Bergeron's forty seven. Yes, AK forty seven. Here's my thing about KL forty seven. Yes, Kevin Lowe has been around for some very poor years in some capacity or other. I would defy you to tell me who a better Oilers GM has been in the last eighteen years than Kevin Lowe. <laughs> Who has done a better job? Please kindly tell me. Since so are we slats, having a Keegan Lowe debate or a Kevin Lowe debate? Because I would agree. One leads to the other. It's like Drake's son Adonis and Drake. I would agree mm. that Kevin Lowe is arguably the best GM we've had in the would last Would you agree? Well, Since Slats? We, yeah. Well, like, well, the proof's in the pudding. We fucking haven't gone to the cup final with anyone else. Now, is that like comparing to be the best hockey player in Dubai? Like, who cares? Who's the best GM of no, the team no, that in the was, last He was years? GMing an NHL team that would barely made eighth place, did some amazing trade line acquisitions, and we fucking lost in game seven. Yeah. There was some big moves that year, I remember. And now I'm thinking of there was Spacek he brought in that uh-huh. year. He brought in old Dick Tarnstrom. Dicky Tarnstrom. Samsonov at the deadline. Rolly. Massive. Yeah. Rolly was some, huge. He made some huge. big moves that year. Yeah. Huge. So, yeah. I, I don't know why. Well, Kevin Lowe I, I know our, why people can't, don't like Kevin Lowe. Kevin Lowe has been around for a lot of bad years. You don't endear yourself to the franchise fans when you're talking about rings in your ears and all sort of nonsense. Having five wins or whatever. <laughs> that was the thing about two of my wins. That's Patrick Law. But you're not endearing yourself to anybody. Having said that, to the Kevin Lowe haters, I would say, please point to me in the direction of someone who's done a better job. That is the real sad news in all of this. Yes. Keegan Lowe, on the other hand, is a fine, fine, serviceable AHL player who at 25 and at six foot one with a two-year deal under his belt is going to outperform that contract and then he's going to ink an eight-year extension with the Oilers at 8.85 AAV and I will be on the way to winning my bet he wins the Norris. No, it's not the Norris. I think it's like 200 games in the show. That was 100 games. Oh, 100 games in the show. He's got uh, 96 to go. Yeah, he's at four. We're well on our way. The one thing I'll give him credit, and I'm not here to <laughs> shit on Keegan Lowe. Yes, Lowe. you are. You just it's shat more, on Keegan It's Lowe. more the fact that Wanya thinks he's this great thing, and I'm just, I, I've got eyes, and I'm doing the, the eye test, and I'm telling you he's not a Norris candidate, but doesn't mean that, look at Derek England. He played like seven years in the AHL and has now had an amazing NHL career after the fact. Um, so maybe Keegan could be that, but right now he's not that guy. Isn't Derek Englund the man who played uh, the guy on Nightmare on Elm Street? Yes. I can't prove that, to be sure. What I'm is that say guy's yes. name? Freddy Krueger. Yes. Derek Englund. That guy had an amazing <laughs> career. First to be a horror movie institution in the 80s. Yeah. And then play Junior and Moose Jaw. Bl- and then go back and have a full second career. Full second career. So he's had two hockey careers Unbelievable. as well. His AHL and his NHL. He must have been 30 when he was playing for the Warriors. The one, yeah. <laughs> the one thing I'll give Keegan, credit, Keegan Lowe credit for, I think his first game was in Carolina. They were playing Philly. And he fought Vinny LeCavalier twice. Yeah, two scraps in his first NHL game. So I've I'll, I've I've got respect for him. 
if Keegan Lowe's dad wasn't our best GM in the last 18 years, would he have a two? Would he have a two-year deal in his pocket? No fucking way. So that is straight nepotism. Would he still be playing in the AHL? Sure. Would he be getting two seventy-five or whatever the fuck it is he's getting down there? Probably not. Bag milk. You know what? I, I don't care enough about the Condors to be honest. Is, well, if, you should. Well, yeah. I know that Oilers winning Nation is not. Guy. not <laughs> I want them to win. Obviously, the team winning is most important. If Keegan Lowe helps them do that, then great. If he doesn't, kick rocks. I don't care about minor league players. I don't want to eat fucking beets next year with the Edmonton Oilers. Let's do something to improve the Edmonton Oilers. The way I really honestly see this is just some June housekeeping. He need a new contract. They resign him to a new contract. Case closed. Move on. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, I'm not upset about it, but I'm just like, whatever. So you agree that secretly Keegan Lowe is one of your dark horse prospects of the Oilers you would love to see make it? No. My no. But be- I hope he teaches mm. toughness to the uh, kids in the AHL because mm. he does have a, a chip to his game. I am going to get a Keegan Lowe jersey. I'm going to get one just to wear to games with you and be like, do you remember? I'm going to wear it till I'm 100. <laughs> I'll be like, these were better days when Keegan Lowe was patrolling the blue line. I'll tell you where what. That's how we'll talk about the future. I'll that. tell you where what will be the number one saying of 2034. My best of the week just came in my text messages via the Nation Dan sitting right behind me. Gentlemen, Connor McDavid's rookie card is now the most expensive modern era hockey trading card ever. How much... Just real quick, quick guess. How much do you think this card sold for? I've got an exact total for you. Is uh, it a specific card or is it any Connor rookie? It is a Connor assigned Connor McDavid rookie card. I think it's not as With much. The jersey oh, snick? So it's a jersey it, snick. So it's worth more than a Gretzky rookie card? No, this no. is no, no, no. modern day, modern day. Modern according day. What, what to what, is that? What, what, what does that mean? Like well, just, since Upper Deck crashed the market in 1990 when we all got into it. So like since 2000, it's the most valuable or... Yeah, whatever modern era. There's been a, there's been a market cards. correction. Yes, since the great collapse of 1990. So I bet you it's not as crazy <laughs> as you think. No, it's not. Somebody you're way not over for like for the, the Sean dot Allen. in the pin. The, you know, in the I think it was a Brett Hall rookie card. There's like a pin that was that was in it, like a like a tack pin. And if it had a green dot in it or not, like the one that had the dot was worth more because there was only like a very few amount of those because it was like a fuck up on a small batch. Now, having yes. said that. Upper Deck goes out of its way to make expensive shit. Remember that big Tiger Woods card I bought? Yeah. So I lost all my money when I was 23 bag milk. You know you do. Mm. And then when I started getting some money back, the first thing I bought was a $400 Tiger Woods <laughs> autographed massive card. And I was like, I will retire from this one day. This is an investment. This is what you should do when you start getting your paper back. <laughs> and now I fucking hate Tiger Woods. And that shit's almost... Do you almost, still have that card? Yeah. And it damn near all wore off, even though it's in a frame. It's mm. bullshit. Like Tiger's personal life. Okay, back to the Connor card. What's your guess? I've got an exact total here. This is from the folks at Hockey Night. Hockey Night. Uh, I'm going to guess 750 bucks. No, 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 no. $100. I'm with you. We've got a 750 We've got a $100 bet. Nation Dan is uh, chuckling behind me. It's the signed. T- the signed. We've got a $2,500 bet here from a guy who I swear hand mouthed to me 100 $2,500 bet is the high Jeez, bet. Louise. This baby sold for a record $55,655. Connor's card? Oh, mama. My own. Was there only two made? Gentlemen, behold, the Connor card, $55,000. Holy wow. shit. Wow. Now, if I'm upper deck and everything is wrestling, yes, it's was fake. that just sold to the upper deck yeah. corporation? Yeah. 
to one you, deck. Deck. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So does that mean every one of those is worth 55 grand? If you've got one and you just found this out, you may have a check to cash. Now, did he get it? Did he get that card signed or does that card come signed? <laughs> come signed. I don't know. That's not a weird to say. <laughs> fuck. We do have a signed card here. 55 G's for Damn. a Connor McDavid rookie card. Dang. Congratulations Dang. to whoever's got that kind of fuck um, you Would money. you accept my bid of $100? Yes. Absolutely. You'd have to fleece a kid, a young kid. Who's got that? I'm going to go start robbing deal. kids. Just there are, the there are deals have. like that that exist. And I'm not allowed fleeced. to tweet kids anymore because of the thing that happened with the judge. What did I, when did I get fleeced? <laughs> you got fleeced on some kind of rookie card, didn't you? You traded it for... Uh, my Patrick Waugh. Yes, yeah. of course. When I was in grade one, I traded a Patrick Waugh rookie card for a Patrick Waugh rookie sticker to complete my OPG Montreal mm. Canadiens set. The kid I traded it to, I saw within the last 15 years, he still has it. Son of a bitch. It's in a safety deposit box. Where my Tiger Woods card should be, were it not for the second half of his career, he had a good week this week, though. Yeah, he's, I don't know where he finished. But is is Tiger mix. coming back or is he done? No, he's no, coming he, back, and the PGA begging for it. Yeah, he he he's in the mix. They had a Dustin Johnson graphic, a Jordan Spieth graphic, and in the middle, with a slightly salt and peppered goatee, was Tiger Woods standing astride a drive right up the gut. Maybe he just needs to meet some more porn stars. It's amazing. Uh, now Daniels. do whatever you need to do, Tiger. That's what I'm saying. You're not it married. Seemed to work. Well, go back to the well. But if if you, the fact that he can move around, let alone play golf. Like, yeah, I remember he got his eyes laser surgery really early on before that was a thing, and it was like super expensive. And I was like, "Geez, Louise, this is me, the younger me, like, wow, gee whiz, Tiger, you are going to transcend sport just like your dad Earl predicts." Tiger he, Woods was t twenty three this weekend with a four round score of minus nine. Minus nine. So if he's getting spinal fusion surgery at the Mayo Clinic with a spine donor and shit. Oh, yeah. By the time he's a senior citizen, he's going to have to, like, Hannibal Lecter, like, or people are walking around. Or will he be fine? Because I think mm. he, I was reading that, like, he couldn't get out of bed for, like, weeks on end. And he's really? willed himself back into being T21, as we say in the industry. Wow. <laughs> I thought you were talking about, like, a Terminator sequel. Like, T21? Oh, my God. They'll kill us all. I'd watch that. Arnold's in it. You know he's in it. Oh, yeah, did you yeah, speaking of Arnold? Yeah. Did you see PK Subban chilling with Sly Stallone? Yeah, Arnie? I think he's in the Expendables four. You would think PK Subban. He's expensive and old. He could be in the Expendables. <laughs> 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 Bang milk. Oh, you're the living end. <laughs> I haven't seen one Expendables movie since you men- mentioned them. Oh, really? Not no, one. Me either. They're not terrible. I don't like that Sylvester Stallone is so big. He can call all his own shots, write his own oh, movies, yeah. get every action hero from the 80s and 90s in them, and then have them blow the fuck up. I just don't like it. Have it, you seen Jet Li lately? Oh, yeah. You showed me that photo. Google, that was, right now, Bagma, Google Jet Li like 2018. Yeah. Oh, you no. won't even believe what happened. Jet, He's got some sort of situation. Oh, come on. That's not a, Jet Li. He, yes, it is. He's got a condition of some variety. Wow. Jet Li looks hella old if you're Googling it. He is like, you know what? If you are picturing a stereotypical monk that's walking around in like the robe and shit, yeah. that's Jet Li. 10,000 years old. He probably Man. still could kick ass. Though. Oh, 100%. Sure. I love Jet Li movies. That one where he's like a dog or whatever, when he's got that collar on and then Cars they unleash three? him. Yes, Cars 3, where he's that dog and he's got the collar on and he goes and kills people. <laughs> Cars 3. <laughs> two jokes. <laughs> Jay was your best of the week. Sorry, just having a sip of water there. Uh, I'm actually honestly pumped that, uh, although Bag Milk hates the Condors, uh, I believe in development. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm pumped that Dave Manson has been hired as an assistant coach for a few reasons. Because he looks like Dave Coulier? Because he's hard as fuck. Hard as fuck. Hard as fuck. This guy is legendary for his WHL days. Do you remember when he went ass over tea kettle into the penalty box and swallowed his tongue? What? No. Dave Manson? No, Swallowing your tongue is a thing that Dave Manson. That was, was that Luke Richardson? Oh, oh, probably Luke, yeah. Sure. Dave Manson took the clapper to the throat and then ruined his voice. Yeah, no, it's was like this. Even Manson went after ass over tea kettle too. Manson and Junior... Uh, with ah fuck some one of the Baumgartners I don't know which one those two are legendary in WHL folklore they would they were so tough and everyone was so scared of them they played in Prince Albert that in warm ups they would sit on the other team's bench and drink out of their water bottles oh that's the best they would they would they would sit on top of the other team's nets. Just for the intimidation and they factor. couldn't shoot pucks at him and stuff. They the goalie and, would stand in the corner. Yeah, like these guys <laughs> held fucking court. And his son, Josh Manson, the is a beauty. chip off. Like he's, he's the, the, the new age NHL version of a Dave Manson, like a tough son of a bitch. And if, you know, David, if, if Dave Manson can teach some toughness to these kids, like with Keegan Lowe can touch, teach some toughness to these kids, I think that's great. Maybe Dave Manson can put a bug in his son's ear that the Oilers are amazing, and when it comes time to re-signing, that's a defenseman I'd love to have like on our Like Kevin did with Keegan? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly like yeah, that. Yeah, just, yeah. Just now this, this guy's son's actually a legit NHL defender. Ooh. Looking and, at uh, hockeyfights.com, Dave Manson looks like I'm – I'm real bad at math, but I'm looking at here. It's probably about 50, 60 fights. You can waste your company time away. Watch Dave Manson fight. He had 15 scraps in 1988, 89. Yeah, do a deep dive. He beats mass. That guy put up with no shit. Worst of the week, boys. Got to have the best of the week. Got to have the worst of the week. Bag milk. My worst of the week is getting a... Uh, I'm sitting upstairs, plugging away, doing my things, doing reports as you will. I get a phone call from my friend Lachlan Cross at 95.7 Cruise FM. Damn, you're plugged into the Edmonton media scene. <laughs> He's like, did you get my text message? I said, what's your text message? Lock, he sends me a text message. Bob Stoffer was in Lachlan Cross's DMs asking about me. He wanted to know my first name. He wanted to know why I use a pseudonym and why I should have an opinion on uh, Brian Colangelo using burner accounts on Twitter. Now, does Bob <laughs> Stoffer, Jay, strike you as a cruise man? He doesn't strike me as a cruise man. Well, he, he went was out of his way. Certainly listening to me last Wednesday on cruise. Unbelievable. So it's funny because the rumors around Stoffer going to cruise. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's moving to cruise. Unbelievable. Uh, really wants to play finger eleven instead of talking about the Oilers. Restless <laughs> <laughs> too nice. I feel like Stoffer doesn't listen to music. He listens to audio of Stoffer. Like, mm, that was a good show I did four years ago. It just keeps driving down the street. Yeah. Well, the rumors of stuff talking about pseudonyms and being having fake burner accounts is that he's treating his oil on Twitter. I, I have heard that. bet every dollar. I so have. it's, it's fun. like, and, and if he is, great, because I follow it because it's a good follow. But, like. I could see him wanting to be able to have down. a source to talk about all the things he feels he knows. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, so he was asking about me. That's you want nice. to know? That, you want to know my story? Um, is that interesting? You know what you put it's up? Nice the wall of about. silence. Well, I tweeted at him. I said, oh. if you, I said if you want to chat, you can just ask me. You don't got to DM Lachlan Cross. You could always yeah. just DM me. We'll uh, have a chat. What did yeah, everybody Twitter. on Twitter say? Everybody laughed. Everybody laughed. This is like the Pusha T Drake beef. Uh oh, someone have, have an album dropping? Is I should drop my mixtape right now. What's it Bob... called? Uh, what's up, Bob? Mur- murder <laughs> in the imaginary ballroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I just thought it was interesting. That's, I would call it. I would say that that's worst of the week, but it's very interesting. You're getting to, through to him. Yeah. Jay, worst of the week. How's your week going? Well, what do you got? I was going to go on a rant about Keegan Lowe, but I feel like I already did. And I, it's not really the worst <laughs> thing to happen to the Oilers. Uh, so my worst of the week is I, I got to be very careful how I word this because I'm not here to slam on either of these two. Actually, maybe just the one person in the situation. But we all know we're all on social media. We know Connor McDavid is on a trip with his missus in Europe. Yeah. Having a great time. Totally okay. Earned. Earned. Like, fucking have the time of your fucking life. But God damn it, Mrs. McDavid. Stop putting compromising photos of Connor on your social media. What did she do? It's just, like, you know how players are very protective that they don't want, like, beers in their hands and right. taking photos and stuff? Right. She's got a lot of alcohol involved. I don't fucking care if Connor's there. I hope he's getting fucking wasted. You should. Back-to-back back hearts. Slap so, like, the goon, baby. Don't. Just, he's got to gotta protect that stuff. So just be a little mindful of this. You know, have some fun with him. Just make sure, you know, there's no fucking champagne in your hands of this. Like, I know you're going to be doing these things. But, like, you know how players are very protective of that. We've, oh, yes. Every time. Especially a, a so- player like that. If, if you're at a social event and yeah. you're talking like you got a third line or a fourth line guy. And there's he's like, get the beers out of the picture. Get the beers out of the picture. Yeah. Totally They're cool. They're crazy about it. They're so crazy about it. So, like, don't, like, granted everyone knows Connor Day is the best hockey player in the world. But, you know, you just you'd still just show a little respect there. Also, a second worst of the week for me. Uh, Anton Slepeshev has not posted another picture of his Instagram since Jay so viciously attacked his Instagram last week. What did you do to Slepeshev's Instagram last week? He was just talking about his uh, Mrs. Slep not being the dime that we think she is. Oh, I see. And now Anton hasn't posted a single picture since. Am I going to say that it's Jay's fault? I'm not going to not say it's Jay's fault. Is it because he's gone back to the Urals and they only have 1G phone coverage? Oh, man. Could you imagine? When do you get Wi-Fi? It's between six and seven. Yeah. When do you get Wi-Fi? Five years from now. That's the answer. <laughs> Wanye, worst of the week. Worst of the week. You know, I, I was. I didn't know about Connor's missus putting uh, champagne photos up. Oh, I've got my eyes glued to their vacation because I'm so excited. Of course, of course. Just... Met up with Brett Kissel. Oh, this week did? I saw him. Yeah. Oh, fuck. In Europe. In Europe. Mrs. McDavid had giant pants on. It's a weird. I don't understand fashion. Well. Yeah, she, she's probably right with what she's doing. Oh, she's I guarantee she's gal. right. I'm a moron. I don't know anything, yeah. so I, but I just don't understand. Just go with the flow. I don't know that I'm really mad about anything this week. I'm just trying to I know it's tough, brain. so it's that's very off-season. I'm digging. Like it's, You're digging. I'm yeah. cheering for Connor. I want him to have the time, trip his life. He's, being, he's going with his missus, which is a good thing and a bad thing in the sense of like he's still a young kid. But he's going on a couple trips. I'm going to flip it and be double positive and talk about the coolest thing of the week because I'd written this down. Dan and I were talking before the show. There is a 15-year-old Oilers fan. I'm going to butcher your name here, my dear. I apologize, but it's German Segu. Segu. And she did a bunch of Nugent Hopkins artwork. And she went to the Pro-Am signing recently and got it signed by the Nuge. And this is exciting. I can remember young Wanye, 13, 14 years old, infinite time in his hands, drawing for months, it felt like, a Bill Ranford paint uh, drawing. And I got it signed. It was my prized possession for years. When you have that moment where you put so much time into something and you show it to the Nuge who's probably seen dozens of fan arts like this and they all glaze over in his eyes but he can thank you it's like when the lady drew your uh, your old dog yeah it's amazing amazing was ridiculous talent was it was it multiple paintings she made and got signed just one, one yeah but very very nice we're looking at it oh because I'm wondering if lovely something we can do with that for charity but it's a cool story well I think she wants it yeah no, exactly we can sell it out from like, underneath <laughs> put, <laughs> put most hey, of the summer but in maybe there. we can get a reprint there's more I yeah. see 
trying to steal a lady's. Well, we should post a photo of that. Oh, no, because if we can, it, yeah, yeah, you know, this if 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 it's something that's deserving of you know showing and sharing with the world, then people need to know that this person's an awesome little artist, and the Nuge is super awesome as well for signing this art. Remember when I made all those drawings of Benedict, Cum- Benedict Cumberbatch, and then had them all around the house, and you said none of them were good. <laughs> I remember fucking heartbreaking uh, here. Benedict wow. Cumberbatch. Uh, that is one of the best names. The best name in acting, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, like my one of my fa- my one of my favorite sports names is Steel Sidebottom. He's an AFL player for the Collingwood Magpies. Um, not, I'm not a Magpie supporter for anyone who's Aussie. Um, anyone from Collingwood, is, <laughs> go Bombers. Yeah, exactly. Call anyone from Collingwood is like someone from Calgary. But uh, Steel Sidebottom. Actually, you know what? A secondary uh, best of the week for me: Normal Comb ring stolen last weekend. Yeah. Best of the week, got it back. So because that to... fucking idiot was wearing oh. it. Oh, yeah. What a moron. Well, yes. If you're doing a home invasion on Norm Lacombe and helping yourself to his cup ring, wearing it to the grocery store later to buy the ingredients of meth. Cameras don't exist. Fucking Why? dumb Danny Ocean. Moron. You're it's... Devin betting So you know how people groceries? at the end of World War II kept finding, like, treasure troves of art that had been stolen, but you can't ever sell the art when you stole it out yeah. of the Paris Museum or whatever? And then they have, like, private viewings of their art for their friends. They're like, hey, you want to see this Picasso nobody knew existed but me, and I stole it and can't sell it? If I could get my hands on Norm Lacombe's 1988 cup ring, <laughs> I would legitimately hide that at the vault at Wanye Manor, which currently is a bucket I lower into the air vents and tie there with string, but one day might be real, and I wouldn't tell anybody. I certainly wouldn't wear it to the grocery store. you got to get that below ground, out of prying eyes, and fence it. Nah. Especially in Devon. you got to yeah. fence it. Yeah. Nobody in Devon's got a ring like that. I'm, I'm happy for Norm, but yeah, that guy is one dumbass. The old cup rings compared to the new cup rings are impressive. The old ones look like you were on the high school basketball team at Ross Shep in 1996. Yeah. I got to, new uh, cup rings look like Lil oh, Pump's pinky ring. Yeah, ridiculous. I got to wear uh, Pat Hughes' cup ring when we interviewed him for North by Northgrats once upon a time. It was cool. Heavy as shit. Wasn't diamond studded though, was it? it was no, it was. Like, it looked exactly lead. like there'd be normal diamonds in it. Yeah, there was. Sure. Uh, it was kind of like around the front. It was like you know, you you see old retirees wearing said. And rings. I, I don't know if this company still makes them, but they Jostens. Jostens, yeah. the, the same company you get your school they photos. Made the cup with. rings. Yeah, did they? Yeah. Oh, the Jostens guy did a very good job landing that account. So I don't know if they still do them now. Do you remember the one year that Pocklington put fake diamonds in all the coaching staff's <gasps> rings? All the non-players' then, rings, right? And yeah. then arranged the diamonds by size by how valuable he thought you were. Oh, no. And Gretzky was so embarrassed, he went and got all the trainers' and coaches' rings and had them all redone at his own expense. Oh, no. You can't do that. Two and minutes, that you can't do that. is the greatest man to ever walk the earth, and on that note, we have nothing else to add. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. 
Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 